world of real and virtual auto sport meets. Mad Sim Racing Media presents the Into the Apex podcast. Into the Apex, Tyler, Bradley, Patrick, Rob, uh, the usual four in studio coming up a little later on the show. Jason Bivens will join us, president of Great Hire HR, to discuss uh, and tell us the tale of his 24 hours of lemons race in California, coming to us live from Los Angeles, California, just in a moment in the second half of the show. But uh, first, we're a little bit aimless this week, uh, coming off of an excellent time with David Perel last week, and uh, over the next two weeks, we'll be on the road uh, at uh, VIR for IMSA at Indianapolis. Patrick and myself will be out there. Uh, so this will be the last studio episode for two weeks uh, before we have some massive road episodes so it's a free-for-all and rob uh, i know you you're about to pop off uh, after your experience we kind of teased it actually we don't typically talk about uh, all of our official racing on iRacing like we understand that people probably don't tune in every for a grievance of the week oh this is how i did on iRacing this week that gets boring real fast at least for me but we teased rob doing uh, kind of a double uh endurance day uh, a saturday last weekend and rob actually did it uh, he did the nurburgring endurance race at night and he did the six hours of spa during the day uh, so rob's motivation he actually followed through with it which i'm really excited to see uh, but you want to pop off rob because you had a terrible experience at spa yeah it was just mul- this is the worst multi-class racing i've ever done in my life and it was just more or less kind of this all kind of just boiled down to what i was saying does i racing need some other type of statistic that measures your racecraft like other sims do because it was just like i couldn't i can't it's hard to even explain just like people were didn't matter where they met you on track whether it was at going into a turn coming out midway through it people were just passing you when they their car got to yours it didn't matter where it was so you were we at first we were trying to stay on the racing line to obviously be predictable and stuff like we're in the slowest class and because it's the european spin series so there's no gt3s and the lmps were just taking people out left right and center and we were we clearly had the pace to win that race we were faster than everybody and i was in p1 and after taking over p1 i was punted within three turns <laughs> so you were driving the corvette yeah and the lmp2s killed you and well i got killed at first by another by another gte hmm. it was just 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 shoddy driving like he the two turns before it he was right on my ass diving in and like clearly jamming on the brakes to try to stop and not go into me and like swerve out of the way and then the third time in a row then he got me it was going into what I forget what turn it was now, but yeah, it just that was just the beginning of it, and then Cody got in and he just got punted around by LMPs left, right, and center because just the thing where it's like they'd be over a second behind you going into a turn, and they'd still be making the move, and they just just assumed you were going to get out of the way. There's entitlement, there's no no communication over iRacing chat, being like making a pass, like nothing on the text chat, just <laughs> un, unabashed sending it everywhere. <laughs> well, of course, and there then, is no communication. And then it was making all the other GTE cars halfway through the race twitch around everywhere because every time they saw an LMP coming, they just start swerving everywhere because they didn't know where to go. So then everybody around you was a hazard. 
And that's what I think. It just like there's something, there's just general lack of racecraft in that race. So it was just an unmitigated disaster. Like, oh yeah, I was one of the lowest I ratings in the race. So it's not like a skill thing generally on pace. It's just generally knowing when you should be sending, when you shouldn't, general rules of how multi-class racing should work. So there's got to be something that can account for that. Well, I'm ignorant of other sims. You say that that there are some different rating systems in other sims? Yeah, like I said, of course, has a pretty comprehensive one, to be honest. Uh, I think it has six or seven different ones. It's like track competence rating, consistency rating, car control rating, pace rating, safety rating, racecraft rating, and competition rating. So there's ways that you can measure those things. It's just a matter of finding out a way to do it because doing it purely on I rating clearly doesn't do it. Yeah, the the ratings. I don't, I don't. I mean, it's it's a thing of how do you how do you feel about the rating system? Uh, on well, iRacing? they just need all you need to do is how many how how many times can you successfully overtake someone without making contact? That's really all the equation has to be. How many overtakes do you allow or like people passing you or people uh, or you passing other people like overtakes in general? How many incidents do you have in it? That should be able to calculate what your racecraft is in a very rudimentary way. So basically, uh, Rob, you're looking for a way to measure the racecraft specifically. I think there's a way that you can do it. It's just like right now, if you have your incident points and your I rating, or sorry, your safety rating, all that is, is counting for. There's no blameworthiness or anything like that. What, intentions don't matter. It's just essentially a record of how, what type of instance you have between other cars and also just on the track. Yeah. Put something, to, put something there where it's successful overtakes more or less. And for multi-class racing, that could be both letting someone get by you and also passing other people is how many incident points are you occurring during overtakes specifically? I should be able to generally do your racecraft. I would think. I I do like that actually, because that's, I mean, to, to get by somebody cleanly at some tracks and some series means a whole lot to me. Oh, it absolutely does. And like I said, I rating just doesn't account for it. Like you get hodgepodges of people who are just, and I I was saying this to to the guy I was driving with last week. And I said, how many of these people are higher I rating than me just because they bully the shit out of people just to get by. Yeah, that's right. But yeah, they're not clean, but they just, they strong arm their way. Or you're just lucky. Exactly. A lot of people just want to finish the race and they're just like, "Ah, I don't care. I'm just going to race as fast as I can get by who I can. Yeah. No, expound, yeah. expound on you being lucky, Bradley. What do you mean by so, that? So, I mean, I'm not the fastest racer, and I've I've kind of hit a plateau. No well, yeah, no, no. yeah. Uh, so I've kind of hit a plateau where I'm kind of in what I'm around the seventeen, eighteen hundred, almost breaking into the two thousand I rating range, almost. and I've gotten to a point where I'm just I get to that t- that level there, and I'm not competitive, but yet I keep moving up and moving up in the splits just because I can stay safe and avoid incidents. And I end up in a, in the top five, top six, every race that I do on the roadside. So it's just by sheer luck, not necessarily by speed that I'm, I'm moving up by rating. And then every once in a while I'll, I'll have a race that there's no attrition and I'll just, it'll drop back down. So yeah, that's it's, it's on my end, it's luck. And yeah, I think there's probably a threshold where that's not going to take you, but so far, but so far, I'm riding that luck wave up to the 2000s. <laughs> well, they, it is a mixture, isn't it? Because race number one, you might uh, you might get your 
I rating boost because you're really fast and competitive. Race number two, you may Which not I most be, certainly am. You may be, you may not be fast or competitive, but other people may be over aggressive and wreck out and retire, and therefore you get a top five and you boost your I rating. But it could be one of the two. But the the boosted number is just the boosted number. You don't you don't necessarily know which one. It doesn't. You don't know which one the number is measuring. If that makes sense, this is yeah. Uh, we're in the we're in the weeds here, as Bradley would say, but. Uh, I think that I think pe- most people who are on iRacing follow what we're trying to say. Yeah. Well, I mean, a lot of it comes down to if you if you work an eight to five job and you only have a chance to race race maybe one or two races official, uh, or you're just into league racing. I mean, someone that's that has all day to spend and I you you looked up those folks. Some people in races I just click on their profile just to see what they're all about. And if you look at their list of last races, they've done like twenty races in two days. I mean, yeah, those people are going to just farm I rating, and then you know reach high, higher than you are over time. Farm, farm I rating. I don't. Yeah, know they're going to farm it. Was it Bitcoin? What is? I don't know. They're gonna they're gonna harvest I rating. That's all it really means. He's right. It's like to have a high I rating. It's a pretty basic formula. It's do a lot of races and have better than average finishes, and you'll get a high I rating. Yeah, I mean, some people are all about I rating. Patrick, are you all about I rating? when you start talking about i rating and safety rating that's that's generally the response you're going to get right i don't think it's it's a a, a accurate representation of a driver i think it's somewhat accurate that's why you need racecraft stat they need something like that yes um (laughs) <laughs> I think in road racing, especially, you need that more, like the racecraft. Um, I mean, you need it in um, you need it in oval though too. So, um, but for like I rating, unfortunately, if you want to do like official sessions, you have to have it. Otherwise, you're going to be in crap splits, and you're going to be in you know where there's accident after accident after accident and then you really just get ticked off and you don't even want to do it well that's that's the slogan of i racing right there patrick you really just <laughs> get ticked off and you don't want to do it <laughs> well the, uh, in the official sessions i should say. yeah 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 exactly yeah league racing is great and official sessions can be great and if you have a good one it i don't know about you guys but you get that adrenaline rush of a good official session where everybody's respectful and you get close racing you just want to go back for more and then you get that one that just brings you down to earth <laughs> well what would that one be like bradley what happens there well you run off in the grass somebody uh, wrecks you you have an off track and you hit you know just a not a not a clean start usually it's at the start if it's if something's going to happen or you know people just don't have good racecraft. i mean you just it's it's just so I, luck of the draw, really. So, so I'm break. I, I'm noticing something here that that maybe we can explore a little bit as far as the world of i racing goes, or or sim racing. It doesn't matter if it's i racing or whatever the sim is. I'm going to assume that this is a universal uh, thing or experience. Uh, so, Bradley, what I'm hearing from you is a lot of everything is everybody else's fault all of the time. You see where I'm going? With uh, yeah, I, I was going to say welcome, welcome back to the show, ACC fans. <laughs> as we talk about i rating and safety rating. don't change the subject no i know what you're talking about and there's yeah. i mean that's just 
So, so is it always, are people always wrecking you or are you sometimes making mistakes and, and that fault? What is what this, you, an episode of Dr. Phil Sim Racing Edition? I mean, it could be. Just We need, we need a, a psychologist, like a behavioral psychologist as our next guest. A sports psychologist. So well, Bra- Bradley, I'm just asking you to answer the questions. Uh, when you're done deflecting, we're here to hear your <laughs> answers. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, there's a sense. It's, it's just like driving a car on the street and you feel like somebody wrongs you. And you have, you know, you react you to it in a certain way or you ignore it. Gone? Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> in extreme circumstances. Are we talk, I mean, road rage, we hear in iRacing. Yeah, we all I mean, agree it's, on it's that? the same thing. Same feeling, same sensations. Yeah, I've experienced that. What, what did you, recently. Uh, did you say anything in particular on uh, at Spa, Rob? Did you say yeah, anything? Yeah, I did. Are you typically an angry comms guy? Or are you pretty? No, very guy? rarely. But it was just Say, a certain point. Okay, and to Patrick Herb, okay, two times that day, I you know, maybe that day I was just a little off because Patrick also heard me call a guy an idiot a couple times during their. That, that's the word you used. Is it? Uh, no. Okay. Let's don't make me go there. Okay. Yeah. Um, Nurburgring. I mean, we were doing good, but it was we were doing good for so long, and then it just took one guy to ruin it. Did yeah, you- and then he tried to blame me for it. The guy was like. Oh he was chatting with someone else he was racing against because he was in the same class as us. Um, but he was chatting with the P1 car and he was P2. And he said, oh, I'm out because of this stupid lap down car, blah, 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 blah. Wouldn't get out of the way was racing me. Like, was dude, that, we, don't have, we weren't racing him. We were no, just holding the line. I saw both. Exactly. We were at we we're coming towards the end of the Nürburgring and we're at that section where it's like after you go down that really steep downhill and it's just flat out, especially when you're running a higher downforce, you don't have to lift. It's like I'm not letting him pass during a swervy high, like floored part. Like we're going to come to a, a heavy braking zone here soon. That's when I'm going to let him by. The guy that was ahead of him had like a four second gap on him. So it was already well by me because he was just at a better part of the track. And anyway, as soon as we got to this part, like I pulled off to the left to give him the inside line into the braking zone. And he cl- randomly f- got all squirrely, touched the, the grass on the opposite side of the track where I was like, I was on the left. He touched the grass on the right, spun and hit my back end and took me out and then told me it was my fault. So yeah, well, he didn't even tell you directly. He told the guy in P1. Yeah, he, but he way. said he blamed it on the whatever number car we were. I think like thirty four or whatever. Yeah. Well, so that's the, that's like what. Uh, so what Tyler's saying is that's everybody. Everybody says it's not their fault, right? And I, I didn't see it. I I believe that it wasn't your fault. But at the same, I time, sent you the video. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, that's but the, the answer of somebody that did not watch it and doesn't remember. I, I know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I I have faith in Robin Patrick. Uh, yeah, I, I know exactly that video. That's I right. believe. I remember yeah, that. but uh, and at the same Continue. time, to I guess to to bring it bring that into our discussion, you know that he's with his buddies on their podcast saying those <laughs> the sons of bitches. This what what did they do? Like this, it was totally their fault. Look at this replay. Look at this clip. You make it sound like this at, is the multiverse, or. They're posting it on Reddit, asking whose fault it was. That's more realistic. Yes, I'd go. Well, you know Reddit what I mean. Way. Yeah, but I mean that's that's how it's it's nobody's fault and it's everybody's fault, right? Oh yeah, 
It's always someone else's fault. Well, that's why there's no liability in racing, right? Like you pay for your own damage regardless. Yeah. If we had to pull, pull off on that. That's exactly why. Cause nobody thinks anything is ever their fault. I think everyone should always move in a certain way for them. Like, and you see it all the time. Look at Max and Lewis. It's like you move. No, you move. Like you gotta leave space. You gotta leave space. Like fuck you, man. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. I mean, that's, yeah, that's true. That's the uh, competitive nature of the whole thing is uh, you should, you should yield. Basically you, you yield for me. Exactly. That's how this works. And Yeah. And I remember the guy saying on the, on the com, he was like, well, I guess he didn't know what a, a, a blue flag means. It's like, I wanted to say on the radio, I'm like, dude, if you have a blue flag, doesn't mean you have to completely let him go. It's just to like, let you know, like, you know, there's a car on the lead lap coming up, you know, that's it. It doesn't mean that you have to literally stop in the middle of the track and go, Oh, you're in P2. We'll let you go by Mr. Dumb Dumb. Yeah. Like in real motorsport means let someone buy, but like, it's not an enforced flag on iRacing. So mm-hmm. I don't yeah. know. like I said, and just wasn't it a part where you would let someone buy. It would just like, it would sacrifice your own. Like I have people chasing me down. Like I'm not sacrificing all my time for him either. Right. Like that's why it's not an enforced flag. Yeah. We were so running in just, what, the top 10. Yeah. And that, oh yeah, we were above, we were like P seven, I think. Yeah. It's not like we were like back markers. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. And that thing, that would come under racecraft again. I don't know how you would measure something like that, but that's just general IQ of knowing how we're, when how racing works, when you let people buy and stuff. And just, just people don't understand that in a lot of cases. Situational sense, awareness. Sense of entitlement. That too. Got to be a student of the game. <laughs> you should write a guidebook to all of this. There's lots of good racing books and just basic right. racing philosophy and stuff. There's a couple of good ones that are out there for Get real them. driving or for yeah, driving. like no for real driving, but it's the same principles. It, yeah, it is. I mean, that's something we talked about last. Yeah, week. they can't Certainly. change. You know, they can't. Obviously, like I said, the things that are in i racing, they're in sim racing that aren't in real racing are physical, right? So the general racecraft is still there. Well, you know what feels physical, so. Uh, I was with Bradley all week and uh, trying his setup. So I I tried at length uh, at the at the greatest amount that I ever have. Uh, wait a minute! VR wait a minute! Set. We gotta we me and Rob need to appreciate this moment. Oh my god! I can't wait. Like I am, I just can't wait to hear what he's gonna say right now. Don't you do it, Tyler? Don't you do it? Don't trade teams. So every uh, every time I would I would turn around and look, I, he was in he was on the rig. Just gonna so, preface it with that. So longtime listeners of the show know that that uh, I tend to, to I, I have a term called VR snobbery or VR snobs, uh, the virtual reality sim racers, uh, such as Bradley and Rob here, uh, who are, oh, oh, it would look so good in VR. It looks yeah, better. In, it's the you champagne. See this of, in we're VR. the champagne of sim racing. Um, so you've heard at some point in Bradley's previous Oculus Rift, like early generation. Um, uh, you know, I would, I would try, I tried Bradley's headset at that time and it was, it had the screen door effect. These guys like to say, because they're, you know, they know the terms, uh, but it, it, it was terrible. I couldn't see. I felt like I had no glasses on, like I was blind, uh, terrible vi- visual. It was, it was bad. Um, 
but um, so I was completely against it, completely against it, and, uh, and and cut it down. So then Bradley gets the new headset. Bradley, tell everybody again what your new one is, the technology for people's reference. HP Reverb G2. Thanks, Bradley, for uh, chiming in there on, <laughs> on a, in a timely fashion. It's uh, yeah. There he is. I once again. I thought I had the mic unmuted. Nope, didn't have it. Didn't have it unmuted. Uh, what a, what a co-host! Oh what yeah, a it's uh, a miracle. So, so HP H human papillomavirus. What is this again? HPV. <laughs> HP. Isn't that the a HP disease? Reverb. It is G two. That would be correct. Uh, it's and, uh, so a very new version of a VR headset. Yes. Correct? Well, it's, it's a year old. It's right, Pat, Rob. It's roughly a year old. But it's, well, it's, it's only became widely available within the last yeah, within this that, year, though, right? Like at first, yeah. it came out and no one could get it. So, yeah, and it's the price has gone down a little. There was a good sale on it. Um, it's considered like the one to get right now. Yes, for so for Sims, you, for flight simming, uh, sim racing, that kind of thing. It's number one as far as price versus uh, resolution. So, would you say, Bradley, that the price is right? Da-da-da. I would say that if I were if I were Drew Carey, I would <laughs> say. Uh, so Bradley has it. Well, and then tell the people what your wheel and pedals are. Uh, it's again, the, I got Fanatec stuff, of course. Uh, it's the uh, Club Sport uh, V. What is it? Two point five, which they yep. don't actually make anymore. Oh, it's discontinued. Um, I've got the BMW GT two uh, wheel and the Club Sport V three pedals. Yeah, so that's what I was trying, and uh, yeah, the VR headset. So let's start with that. Uh, I could actually see some things, so that was significant. That was an improvement over what Bradley had prior, uh, that I criticized quite a bit, uh, to the point where, yes, I think I could manage myself with just that. Oh. I, I could. Patrick. Oh, I, I didn't come stay on the light did, side, Patrick. Patrick, I did, tell I me didn't, you didn't no, feel like you were sitting in a car. I I did at times feel like I was sitting in the car. At I'm times. telling you, number so number one, number one, uh, sensation wise. Let's talk sensations. Uh, Let's yes. Uh, number one, uh, I, I said this what probably ten times. Uh, I, the track feels so much wider. I feel like I have so much more space. Yeah, you, you have more spatial awareness because everything is yeah, in three D around you. That would I mean, be you're, word, you're yeah. in the space. At a proper scale. You, yes, you were right. in the space. I the track felt wider, so I felt like I had more space to maneuver than what I'm used to perceiving. Uh, so that really stood out to me with with really good vision compared to what I was used to with trying Bradley's prior old crappy VR headset. Um, so that was number one. Uh, number two, uh, I did immediately early on, like what usually turned me off before I felt that kind of queasiness, um, most especially, uh, when I hit a wall or hit the brakes really quick and came to a hard stop, my mind or my, or whatever it is in, that, that in your perception for almost a split second, kept going forward with the car as I stopped it as if I was anticipating in my mind, yeah. uh, the That's momentum. exactly what happened to me. Exactly. And, and, and it really and it makes, goes you, away. It makes it you a goes tad away. dizzy. It makes you a tad dizzy. Yeah. It, yeah. it goes That's just, away. That's a tolerance thing. It is. And I got used to that over the, over the three days that I was there. Yeah. Um, 
And uh, so I found one thing that I was wondering was, will I be as competitive? The, the thing is, it was all a, a big shock to my system because not only was the VR headset uh, different to me, uh, so I knew the principles of driving and racecraft and, and that type of thing. But uh, obviously being in the VR headset was unique. Uh, the wheel and pedals were different. But I, I have to say, I, I spent a lot of time in Bradley's setup uh, trying to figure out is what I am liking or what is feeling good to me the headset or is it the wheel and pedals uh, it's, being a vast it's, a, it's definitely a combination of both. Right. Yeah, I think that's a fair but take. The, you will absolutely go faster with VR. Once you get used to it and you're that's able to con- hit brakes. that's a controversial statement. No, you will. It's just you can uh, see apexes so much better and hit them. Like when you're, especially you're in like an open wheeler, like being able to turn your head and watch your tires hit the curbs and yeah. stuff. Like you're so much more precise. So I did an oval Iowa league race, my first and first ever league race in VR fully. And, uh, Patrick was, was there with me and we were actually one, two until I got hit. Uh, yep. And I, so I was just as competitive. I must say I was running in the top five in the Lamborghini at road America or road Atlanta in the IMSA series, just as competitive. So that was going well for me. So uh, I didn't lose any competitiveness, but one thing that I struggled with the most, the biggest issue I had uh, was my awareness of what's coming behind me because I couldn't see my relative as easily. I had to look down and look away from the road to look at the relative uh, so I was relying exclusively on the, either the side mirrors or in the sports cars on the video uh, mirror that you have. The Lamborghini was the easiest because that video mirror is at the top center. Uh, I tried the Porsche where the, where it's uh, more in the uh, middle of the car and you have to you, still. Oh, I, just I, I couldn't look away from the road. I couldn't really absorb what was coming in that video mirror and and look away from the road. I would either mess up one way or the other. Yeah, I don't use that. I don't use that mirror at all. Any okay. of the real mirrors, I just use the virtual one. Well, then Bradley does it. Bradley's trying yeah, to yeah, break. Well, that breaks my immersion. So <laughs> I, I'm I'm a snob even more to a to a degree more than Rob because I want the Apparently. real experience. I mean, I, I, I can see. I don't know about. I don't know how you can't see. I can use that perfectly. I see perfectly but with it, and it doesn't I, hurt. I, I got surprised. I mean, in the night race at, at Road Atlanta, it was one thing, but. Uh, at other times, I would be surprised, and I had to trust the spotter because I just couldn't. If I yeah, look, it's true, just yeah. like I was driving in a real car. If I was looking to the right, I'd swerve to the right a bit. Oh yeah, you, you'd also need to just like once you once you're using VR, you're gonna have your own preference, right? So mm-hmm. you're gonna go in and use whatever that command is that lets you move your black boxes around the screen. You can still do that. Wait, in VR. wait, 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 wait. What? What is? What are you talking about? There's a command button that allows you to grab everything that's on your screen. So like you hit like it's like control something F12 or something like that. Going to have to look that up. All your black boxes, everything <laughs> like it everything that's on the HUD, the, the heads up right. display can be moved anywhere within your screen. God. See that's that see I'm I am a literally a I want I'm an immersion realism snob and I cannot there stand there. to have that relative box open and block like the uh, buttons inside the cockpit that light up and stuff. The buttons you don't use, Bradley. Yes, but it's just the visual of it. I, I made that smaller, but I didn't know how to move it. If I could, I would move it up to, kind uh, of, to the top uh, of the screen. I'll, or something. I'll tell you guys another thing that Bradley is, and that's a neurotic mess. <laughs> 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 because every time I, I would be in the in his rig... I, oh, I'm possessive I, over, over he, that. I would, I would learn... I had him teach me how to load it up and get it to work, and once I figured it out, I was off and running. I didn't need him. But then I would be in there, and I would hear, 
uh, oh, you're going to, he, he covers his headset with a cloth and his wheel with a cloth to prevent dust from accumulating it's a on smart it. idea. You don't and want, if I, and if I left the, dog if I finished, if I finished up with the headset for a moment and didn't cover it up, he would, he would be, he would spot it. I'm the comment. guy that has the, uh, you're going, plastic you, cover on the couch. You've, you've left the cover on it. It's going to get a dust mite on it. Yes. My, yeah, go- I think I, my God. <laughs> I'm pretty sure last week I called him like a crusty old, something <laughs> keep it clean i put hey, i put a headset on your weird shaped head you're gonna stretch it out <laughs> my god well i know tyler in my defense i know him in my first vision the first thing i warned him about uh from sitting in the rig is because he was gonna like just drop himself in that rig and i knew right. i could see happening him reaching out touching that bmw rim and putting all his weight on it so he could get himself into the seat and just snap all of those pins <laughs> on that what three or four hundred dollar wheel, yeah, and just destroy it. I, I might could have done I that. could envision that so clearly, and I could see, I could just see it happening. You know what I actually did, Rob? So I rolled out of the rig. <laughs> you what? I had to, I, I, maybe that's why it's the low to the is, ground. It slid ground. back like almost half a foot. Every I time had I had to get up. out of, every time I tried to get out of it, I had to kind of roll out of it. Oh, like so Wilford, it's, like it's Wilford, I had to Wilford Brimley my way off of that thing. You're just too yoked. <laughs> that's apparently yeah, that's, yeah, I am. It's afraid he was going to collapse the thing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't want to. So Bradley was very sensitive about putting weight on the wheel, so I needed to well, yeah, do that, something that would destroy it. It's, it's, it's li- he has the same cockpit as me. <laughs> yeah, you don't roll out of it, Rob. Oh, because <laughs> hey, we're a reasonable. I'm, s- I'm six four. Hell, Jesus! We're, we are now going to. I'm six, six zero. Into mine. Six zero two thirty four. Rob, we would now commence to fat shame Tyler. It's muscle. It's muscle. Sure it is. <laughs> muscle. Sure it is. A little oh, bit. Of Panda, we call that Molson muscle. A little bit of oh, Panda yeah. Express. <laughs> a lot of muscle. That's. I was going to say that's a Chick Fil A deluxe right there. <laughs> I don't eat Chick Fil A. Oh, what is wrong with you? It's all the Hand same. Express. You batter, like it, you batter chicken. You put it in a deep fryer. You put a little sauce on it. You don't. It's all the same. I did have Burger King today for the first time in a decade. You ate, you ate Burger King at a rest area. Was, was there West not Virginia. a Sheets or or something like that? Not in the mountains of West Virginia. I, I know the one you're talking about. That's correct. It's the only thing that was open. They didn't take cards. Had to go to the ATM. Are you kidding me? Had to get my Whopper. You got to be kidding me. Yep. They had uh, on the menu on the board. They had uh, all the prices and the and the you know the combos and the fish sandwich combo had zero dollars and zero cents on the and board. Zero fish as well. And uh, so I'm waiting in line for my Whopper for the first time in a, over a decade of getting the Whopper. And uh, fella traveling through, obviously passing through, he was like, uh, "Yeah, I'll take the number ten. It looks like it's free." And the lady was like, "Oh, sweetheart, it ain't free." And uh, so that was the end of that experience, and and here I am, guys. What the? Wow, that was what a great was? story. Right, that was that a good was. story. Moral of the story is is fish sandwiches aren't free in West Virginia. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, Rob, I'll remember that next time. Yeah. So, so Rob, how do you get out of your rig that Bradley has? Whatever. I just, is. I just get up. I just turn, put my legs out, and I stand up. It just didn't work. For, maybe I'm not flexible. Yeah, that's probably well, that's it. yeah, that's probably it. You dismount it like it were a horse. Well, I needed I needed some counter pressure. 
Like sometimes then, yeah, after I've had a few the, drinks, like I might have to put my hand on the wheel base itself. Yeah, to get but myself you don't. Up. You don't but it's pull not a dialer like, and. Put no, all I your never roll out of it. No, I never. <laughs> I rolled out of never it. on the wheel with with a groan or two at, at that. It was quite. I saw him trying to get out of it. That's when I warned him, "Don't you do that." Because I saw him, he, he started to get try to get up, and I saw he couldn't get out of it. So then he just kind of, <laughs> he just kind of rolled sideways. God, I hope I never see that. <laughs> I wish I'd taken a video. You should have taken a video of it, please. No, well, we'd all think so much lower of him. Hey, <laughs> I exercise. I just don't stretch. It's. I mean. It, it, Hey, let's let's bring it back to immersion. It's as though he were in a, like an F three car or something. Imagine, <laughs> imagine a man no, that should lose. Imagine no, a man that not. should lose thirty pounds trying to get out of one of those. Well, there there are some hefty race car drivers. Remember that that fella in GT America in Nashville who wrecked. Yeah, you got he, Jimmy Spencer. He looked like Mario. Batali. <laughs> that Jimmy, you fatty. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I didn't know they made fire suits that wide. <laughs> uh, that's uh, joking. Just joking. I'm I mean, if the steering boy. if the steering wheel isn't brushing your stomach, I think you're fine. Think that's a good metric. Down. Yeah, yeah that, I, I think yeah. that's a fair metric. Is that that's a very anybody? American of you? <laughs> <laughs> Does anybody here ever have chafing from the steering wheel in their stomach? <laughs> I don't. I'm just, I'm just asking the question. <laughs> stomach chafing. Oh Can't say I do. <laughs> that's not See, where you're supposed to steer, right? When, please let us know. Yeah, when I mean, when your pants get a little tight, you have to get a new, bigger size of pants, and all is well in the world. But if your rig seat goes as far back as it'll go, and your steering wheel is brushing your stomach, uh, well, it'll problem, go pretty far back. It's a problem you need to solve by other means. That's what I'm trying to say. I mean, if your rig is a desk chair and it's still, I mean, if you can't push that back far enough, ooh. well, your arms are only so long, Bradley. So there's a limit <laughs> there too. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Hmm. So that was my experience. Where, where was I with that? I don't know. Way <laughs> off the beaten path. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh. uh, so my point is, it's is yes, the headset's acceptable, Patrick. I'm sorry. Oh. Now I don't know. I don't know. I, I I found myself drawn to it, but the novelty was also there, um, and I knew my time was limited with it. Uh, so I really wanted to get the experience. I still think, and I've not tried triple monitors. I think I would want triple monitors because let's say I get a Fanatec formula wheel, which is what I would like. Uh, I know that's what you have, Patrick. I know, I think uh, Patrick and Rob, you both have formula wheels. Uh, I would want to see that thing. If I spend, if I shell out the money for a Fanatec formula wheel, uh, I want to see the thing. Right? Yeah, I do. I do. Good. Look, well, watch. I'm looking at it right now. I'm but looking at it. I'm seeing it. Rob, you're not using it. Don't be. Do you want me to, do you want me to Don't go play turn games. it? Yeah, yeah, return it. No, but, I said, do you want me to go over there and turn it oh, and yeah. use it? No, yeah, I want you to use it. Oh, when you're in VR, you get every single wheel of every car. But those aren't your hands, Rob. They can be. Or is there somebody else's? What? Yeah. <laughs> you just pretend <laughs> they are. So those that's, are yeah, the, that's what I do. Yeah, immersion, man. If you're really all about the immersion, like to me, like I, yeah. I'm not, when I'm driving around, I'm like, oh my God, this sucks. These aren't even my arms. That's like, how I feel. Not, that's what? what I feel. Not, not when you're in the heat of the moment racing somebody because they you can turn that off. You can yeah, turn you can. the arms off, but in VR, that would ruin your immersion. It would. It would. Because in the heat of the moment, they respond. I mean, they respond to your inputs. So it looks pretty much the same. Do you ever look at, like, look at those hands? 
No. Look at my hands. <laughs> Look at my forearms. Oh. You want more like augmented reality than virtual reality. <laughs> that you just stumbled upon something that probably would be very cool, but wouldn't you say? A VR headset with a camera on the front that well, they blends, all have they do have blends your hands. But yeah, they, they don't, don't do but you know what I'm saying. Well, yeah, I mean, some of the newer ones do finger tracing, but like games would yeah. have to work it in, right? So like that could be done already. I think that that's an interesting concept. Well, I mean, why don't you just go buy a Porsche GT3R and just start a racing team? Then you don't have to worry about it. That sounds got, fair to me. You've got complete and total immersion. Sounds fair to me. Sounds absolutely fair to me. I feel like I've I, I started out complimenting the VR, and I'm, I've ended up somewhat inconclusive again. I, I don't know if I'm ready to be on you, on your guys' side on this. Uh I don't it's know. only going to get better. That's the way I look at it. It's already really good. The vision. Let me say this: the visit before people think I'm I'm just waxing poetic about it too much. It's it's the visibility is still not perfect. I mean, you would agree with that, Bradley. It's not perfect. Let's be clear. Well, you're not perfect. I mean, your vision is not necessarily perfect either. <laughs> so, I mean, maybe that's realistic. And also, you didn't have your glasses. My glasses fit in that headset. Yours would, I think, too. But you're not looking. But you didn't. You legitimately didn't far away. Why would? Why did you need glasses? It's the same thing. It's as though why you're do look, you need glasses? Look at VR your monitor headset? right now and take off your glasses and put them back on. It's the same principle yeah. of VR. No, it's the exact it's, same. Because my monitor's not right on my. I'm not wearing my monitor. But on it my doesn't face, bro. take no, off but, your glasses but and put the monitor right up on your monitor. The monitor's not, not designed to be on your face. This is so that 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 does what not are you really. Saying? Is that there, if you wear glasses, you should wear glasses in the VR. I don't understand why that is. Because it's just I do not understand if your that. eyes see better with glasses, you Rob, should wear them. But it's I on my it's, face. It's not that Tyler doesn't understand VR. I don't think he knows how glasses work. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm saying, no, 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 no. So I understand that if you're... Uh, Our next guest, folks, is a local opt- optometrist. <laughs> uh, I understand that if you can't see things close up, there's a term for that that I don't remember. Uh, I know myopia is one of them. Uh, if you can't see things close, so you wear reading glasses, I get that because it's right up against close, right? Am I making sense here? But my problem, my vision, Theo, so I wear glasses. My my vision problem is I can't see do far you? away. Yes, I do. I can't see far away, but if I'm reading a book, let's say, or if I'm looking at a, my phone. Let's do I a don't, test right now. I don't, let, let me finish, bro. I don't need my glasses to look at my phone or to read a book. I can see without glasses up close. So ergo, I put on I put a screen literally on my face, on my eyes, right against my eyes. Why do I need glasses to, to be able to because comprehend what I'm saying? Because you're not looking into a you're not actually looking into a three-dimensional space like in real life. You're that's just that's not real, right? It, 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 you could see if you put your glasses on right now and you'd be able to see as far as you could, you can't see that far in the game because the game can't render it that far. So that's so not really it's not comparable. Is it my eyes or is it the sim limits? The limits in the VR headset? Well, I don't know. If you're not doing it with your glasses, and I don't know, you'd have to do that to see if there is a noticeable difference. I don't think. I, I, I for me, there. You will. say you don't think, but you don't know. Don't think. Yeah, you don't know. And they are like, they they are designed now to adjust for glasses, so that would assume that people probably should wear their glasses if it makes their. I tried them, Bradley. If you recall, I tried them at, at first, and it created a very bad light glare. I could not tolerate it. You probably need to clean your glasses. Because I have to. That that is one thing you in VR. Clean if you, your eyes. If no, if you. 
seriously though, I, I learned that very quickly is be, you forget that you, now you're putting the light source directly in front of the lens. So if you have smudges, dust, anything, it really yep. stands out. It's so true. you have to make sure they get cleaned very well. But it, for me, it made a difference and I don't have, actually my vision is not that much different with and without glasses. And I never could fit my glasses in the Oculus Rift. Um, but I tried it in flight sim once uh, with this new headset. Everything was a little just just a little bit more crisp. So then I've been doing it ever since, and it works. Just a spritz, yeah, just just a tiny bit. Uh, my problem, and this is this is where your mileage may vary, is that IP what is it IPV adjustment, uh, which is the link IPD. between your, IPD Inter- interpupillary <laughs> distance, <laughs> alcoholic Robert's content. What? Uh, <laughs> but. Uh, so yeah, the distance between your pupils, if you can't get <laughs> what? <laughs> there's what a slider. Yeah, there's a slider, which you probably should have tried. All VR have all of them. Yeah, you should have tried that, Tyler. Because for me, I can't. Yeah, because I know that exists. Yeah. I know you didn't teach me about that. Well, I, I didn't think about it. Yeah, but no, you didn't. But no, either way, it's just <laughs> there's a few things that you can do to tweak it to get the best performance for yourself and whatever your situation is. That's always more or less trying to say. We'll keep tweaking. We'll keep tweaking my uh, my experience. I, I won't say it was bad. In fact, I like I said, I, I could get the rig and the wheel and just that headset and I would probably be able to, to carry on just fine. Get a couple buck kickers for him, Bradley. That'll uh, sell it. The oh, I mean. Boy. The pace laps were the best being around cars. It was, it was just a very, it was definitely different and it was refreshing. Um, I need to do it for a month. I, I, I guess I, I don't know what it's going to take for me to, to a hundred percent. I, I, I just was back and forth, uh, but I lean towards yes, but I mean, I'm not, I haven't ordered one. I'm not, I've not, you know, been become obsessed with it. Um, but uh, let's say I was going to try to get somebody into sim racing for the first time. I would absolutely make that the way I introduce somebody because somebody that's new to it would be hundred percent blown away by something like that. Uh, it's, it, it's magic for that, that type of person. I would feel, um, I, I get the appeal. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna play a character and say, I don't get the appeal. I do get the appeal after this uh, few days, but, uh, I don't know. Uh, I still kind of tend towards the triple monitor. Um, we'll, I'll, I'll figure myself out one. Undoubtedly better than the single monitor you're running now. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. I feel like my performance was the same. Honestly. Actually, I wrecked. So You probably need to get a, a, a better wheel, though, first. And I get think an the wheel. Rig. I think what I really was liking and feeling was the, the buttery smoothness, as Bradley would yes. say, of the wheel. And the strength of it. You'll go back to that G29, and it, it feels like a Fisher-Price toy. Yeah, it's going to feel weak and clunky. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> yes. This is, you're weak and clunky. Um, well, I'm not... Uh, it's not 100%. It's only like the half-truth. Okay. Well, I'll take it. You don't know which one it is. <laughs> I could be clunky or weak. I'm just not going to say which one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you, you don't have to roll up. You can support your own weight out of your rig. So Yeah, there you go. At least yeah, so I'm not clunky. So, yeah, I guess I'm weak. Uh, uh, so, uh, so coming up, Jason Biffins. We're going to kick Bradley out of the studio. Jason Biffins, president of Great Higher HR, is going to jump in here and uh, tell us his tale of the uh, 24 Hours of Lemons uh, in California. Uh, he was racing that with uh, 
Dave Osinga and Dan Heil, and uh, was actually a co-driver, drove over 100 laps himself. Uh, so we can't wait to hear what he has to say about that experience and teasing and into the apex lemons car, perhaps down the road. That's coming up next on into the apex. This episode of into the apex is brought to you by Roscoe wheels. Roscoe wheels is confidence inspiring aluminum. This means confidence in quality and confidence in self confidence in quality, meaning they want their customers to know that their wheels are produced to the highest standard and tested to be as strong as anything on the market and are designed to keep you safe. Confidence in self, meaning they want their styles and fitness to make customers feel the way you did when you walked into high school with a brand new pair of shiny shoes, giving you the confidence in yourself when you show up, whether it be to work or any event, knowing you look awesome. Roscoe Wheels offer, offers free shipping within Canada and flat rate shipping in the USA. Find your new look today at RoscoeWheels.com. This episode of Into the Apex podcast is also brought to you in part by the racing fans at Great Hire Staffing. Whether you need help hiring one employee or 100, Great Hire can help. Hiring good people is hard work. Great Hire HR does it quickly and economically so you can focus on what's important, running your business. Check them out online at www.greathirehr.com. Finally, this episode is sponsored by Bad Weather Brewing Company out of St. Paul, Minnesota. With craft brews like the Immortal Toast Infused White Stout or the Red Vein Red IPA on tap or in the can, it's how endurance drivers like us celebrate post-race. Find your new favorite craft beer and order your mugs online at badweatherbrewery.com. And we're back on Into the Apex, and uh, we have a special guest joining us now on the show, uh, the president of Great Hire HR, uh, a sponsor of the podcast, sponsor of our endurance racing team. Uh, but he's not here to talk about Great Hire in particular tonight. He's here to talk about his stint in endurance racing uh, in the 24 Hours of Lemons. Uh, and Jason, glad you could join us on the show and talk about this. I know you've, you've been really, you've had a lot of juice on this since you did it. Uh, so a lot, I think most people that listen to this show probably know what 24 hours of lemons are or is, if I speak correctly. Uh, but for those that may not, just in case, uh, how would you, how would you describe it or sum it up briefly? The, the 24 hour of lemons. Sure. Well, first of all, it's just, it's fun to be here with you guys. I, I do my best to listen to the po podcast every week and, Rob and Pat and you and <laughs> uh, your brother missed out today, but that, that's his boss. It's all right. Um, we're thinking so of him. Yeah, we're yeah. thinking of you, Bradley. He's here in spirit. He's here. But I, I mean, I can really only handle one demon at a time. So that's <laughs> <laughs> it was a little bit much, bit much. Um, so, yeah, the uh, so I mean, I have, I mean, this is a a dream in the making for a long time for me to actually race wheel to wheel, right? Like, I mean, I grew up somewhat racing wheel to wheel, right? I mean, we're talking illegal drags and <laughs> dumb stuff as a teenager, right? Which I'm thankful to have survived all that period in my life. Cause it was, you know, it's, it's not, it's not smart. And, um, 
especially even more so now, right? To race on the street anywhere, it's really bad. You know, you're going to get your car impounded. You're going to get massive money, <laughs> et cetera. And, and it's just, it's more fun to do it on the track. Like I've seen it. So it's been, it's been in the making for a minute. Um, but there's, there's no way of, there's no way to slice it. It, it, it costs money to go racing, even in a budget series like Lemons. It's still not inexpensive to to get in there and get a seat. Um, so you know, like you said, most of the people are familiar with with Twenty Four Hours of Lemons. It's you know, obviously, it's a play on Le Mans. Um, they've been around. I don't know the exact date, but the guys I raced with this past weekend, they have been entered in races since like two thousand nine. Right, so it's it's had a really good run, and they rent some of the they rent some great racetracks. There's they're gonna be racing at Road Atlanta in December. Like I'm dying to do that race, but the the logistics for me to get from California to Road Atlanta are, are a little tough um, to bring a car. Also, but but they race like iconic courses. They they were at Sebring this year also, right? So it is there is that little bit of cheese factor where they like people to dress up. They like to put, you know, decorations on the cars, right? We had um, this weekend, there were some fantastic themes. I think my favorite, there was a super troopers car. And this, <laughs> this thing was pimp. It was, I'm not good with like eighties muscle cars or what they are, what they're called. I'm kind of one dimensional with that I'm a Ford guy. This was some type of Ford four door, with a light bar on top, sirens, and, <laughs> and all the whole crew and like their wives and everybody, they're all dressed in like the big uh, state trooper hats and everything, you know, when they're off the track. But on the track, this car was one of the fastest cars out there. They have $10,000 in brakes and tires on the car. Like the car is a race car. There, no doubt about it is a race car. Like there's some silly stuff that happens before and after and, and it's in the spirit of it. But on the track, like some of these cars are monsters <laughs> and it, it becomes a real race. Um, so it, that was kind of, uh, I guess, the way I got to this race was I've been actively looking for to buy a car. Right, I've been looking to buy a car uh, on, on advice actually from some, some of our, our teammates on Madsen Racing that have raced and have cars. They told me don't build something because it's just it just takes forever and steel is very expensive right just to make your roll cage right now very expensive but you can go buy a car that's already raced it's already passed tech inspection right maybe it needs new shocks or new tires or what have you but the the main part of the car is already passed tech inspection and um you know it's you're going to get so much far you're going to get to racing much faster than finding a, a junkyard car and building it right so that was kind of what set me off on my search and so i joined a bunch of these facebook groups uh which are like for lemons racers and just different you know budget endurance racing there's there's a lot of race series and so just happenstance i meet this guy who lives 10 minutes from me super nice guy he's a veteran of of uh between him and the other the third driver we had they have like almost 40 endurance road races together uh, uh you know so just a wealth of knowledge and they have this camaro 
which was the car for sale. And I, I went over there and I was like, this is the ugliest car I've ever seen. <laughs> like, I, I didn't, so I told them, I'm like, I don't want to buy this car. You know, it's just like, I it's just, it's too ugly. And he was telling me, I know it's ugly, but Jason, this car's, this car's ready to run. It's ready to race. And, you know, if you don't want to buy it, would you just want to, would you want to go do the button willow race with me and just like help me pay for fuel and tires and all that stuff? And I said, yeah, let, let's do it. So that was, that was a couple months ago. And then, so I spent a few nights in his backyard, helping him do breaks and helping him and kind of much like you, Tyler, I'm not super handy <laughs> mechanical. <laughs> I feel that. I've heard some of your stories. You're like, yeah, yeah. I'm right there with you, man. Like people would tell me like, oh yeah, this is what broke on the car. And I'm like, wait, can you like point, can you point to the piece? I don't know. Right. <laughs> I was helping them bleed brakes and it was, it was a mess, but, I, but I can, <laughs> I can clean, right? Like it was right. like, car up good and, and all that. And, um, uh, so we rolled out last week. Um, they got up there real early on Friday and Friday's like, uh, so it's a whole race weekend for lemons. Um, so Friday you do a tech inspection and, and then also they inspect your gear, right? So that was the other expense. Like for me, you know, I have gear from when I do track days, but it's nowhere near what you need to be in an actual race car, right? So you had to get the fire suit, the actual real shoes, the, you know, the, uh, the underwear, right. Even is fireproof. Um, and then also, uh, what's called the Hans device, right? So that's, that's a must in any kind of modern racing is right. You have an extra collar, which that came in, I don't know. I want to say maybe 10 years ago. Right. And, and I think that's kind of yeah. from NASCAR. That's kind of from NASCAR. Yeah, after, right? after Dale Earnhardt. Yeah, yeah absolutely. That's where right. everyone's got them now. Right. Cause they were getting right. The car would look okay, but then they was, they were still suffering these brain injuries. Um, so, so that, you know, so it's a really neat piece of equipment, but it's an expensive piece of equipment. I think I paid like 600 bucks for, for that one mm. piece. I think it was the most expensive piece of the kit. And it's this little piece of carbon fiber that attaches your helmet and, and it was comfortable to wear. Uh, so that's all the lead up to it. Uh, we get in there Friday, we do tech inspection. And then this guy, uh, Dave Osinga, who's the, the owner of the car, um, he's been through this and he's like, I've had a bunch of people, you know, he calls some rookies. That's fair. I was a rookie to this series. And he's like, I like for you guys to start the race. He's like, he's like, I think it's neat to watch. And I'm like, really? Like <laughs> I've, again, I've done a lot of track days. Like I have, you know, confidence in my ability, but still there were 105 cars registered and you're just going to throw me in there in this car. And I didn't get to drive the car on the track. I drove it on the paddock. Like I drove it around first and second gear, no idea. Like how fast is the car? How fast is it going to be in the corner? How are the brakes going to be? <laughs> so it was truly just throwing me into the fire. Um, but it, there was a method to his madness because in the start, there's so many cars on the track. The actual average speed is not that fast because it's so bunched up and uh, it's kind of a neat way they do it. So, so we have all the cars, they get out there on the track and you do, I think we did two laps and then the race controller, they pick a car at random, right? And they say, that's the lead car. That's the number one car. And so then the green flag drops and everybody's racing. And so there's no, there's no qualifying or anything like that. It's just, that's the lead car. And now all the cars behind that, et cetera. 
are are going. So so we go and our car, uh, like I said, it's like an '85 Camaro with a basically a stock V8, which in that series in lemons, V8 power is massive, right? So you have a lot of four-cylinder cars, small cars, um, you know, kind of weird cars, right? But but have like some American V8 and torque and everything was was amazing. You're able to really pass a lot of cars. So I'm looking to pass cars and. It literally not 30 seconds into the race, I'm I'm heading into a very fast turn and I've only driven the car in the paddock and I'm about to turn in on the apex apex of a turn and there's a Miata like on my door that just appears from nowhere, right? Because I don't know this car. I don't even, the visibility is not, I'm not used to it. And so I'm about, you know, had I not taken a beat, like we both would have hit and spun off. Like it was it was intense from the get-go, right? Because this car just appears. Uh, but then we settle down, um, and it, it's really cool. Our car is in, so there's three classes in lemons. So A being the fastest, uh, B, B being the middle, and C the slowest. So we were a B car. And so this is where this is where the parallel to, as, as the headliner for... Uh, you know, into the apex, right? Your your tagline. This was the parallel for me, where literally I've been in multi class on iRacing a ton, yeah. right? But this it really brought it to life because I'm I'm in the car and we're we're going at a pretty good speed, and I'm lining up to pass somebody, but I also have to check real quick: is somebody lining up behind me? <laughs> and many times they were, right? So then it it just this whole multi-class stuff that I learned through iRacing really did play into it. That was, that was amazing to me where I'm like, I've done this before online (laughs) virtually. Yeah. Yeah. You, you said to me after this race that you benefited and were able to apply what our endurance racing experiences have been in iRacing. And it's fascinating to, to hear that just a week after we talked to David Perel at length about uh, basically the, the finer points of, uh, real real road racing versus sim racing and what applies what doesn't and things like that i mean that is uh as for somebody that's an amateur to get out there no matter what the car is what the course is whatever the situation is it applies uh, and and something is significant and meaningful to what you do out there on the actual race course yeah absolutely it was so it was you are constantly busy every lap because I'm looking not only at, okay, here's the turn and here's where I want to apex or I want to break, but I'm also lining up the car in front of me, but then I'm also trying to make sure, okay, wait, is there a faster class behind me? And some of the cars were legitimately very fast. And <laughs> so then you're, you're making just these mental calculations without doing it, right? But your mind is going through this exercise constantly throughout the lap. And so I ended up driving from uh, Saturday, Saturday and Sunday. I ended up driving 122 laps, and this was the long version of that track. So it was about two and a half miles per lap, and it, it was just it was mind blowing. At times, uh, scary, um, and most of the time, thrilling, uh, but also it was hot. And some of the teams are more sophisticated teams. And they have the cool shirts. We didn't have any of that stuff. 
uh, my, my our team captain was like, "No, I don't believe in any of that stuff. That's for that's for wusses." <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, "It's like it's about 95 degrees out here," and uh, you know, so it was. But it was it was like I said, just an amazing experience. I I I even had my reservations right because I've seen like. This I don't want to drive a, a crappy car for hours on end going 50 miles an hour, but it, it wasn't like that. Like our car, you know, the straightaways are purposely not that long in this track, right? Cause that, that, that makes it even more dangerous, right? The longer the straight is, then the more, you know, the more trouble you could possibly have at the end of it or what, what have you. So our top speed is probably about a hundred, you know, a little over a hundred, our average lap or, or my best laps, or an average speed of about 78 miles an hour through the entire course. So it's pretty good. You're, you're, you're definitely moving. Uh, but just going the, the most thrilling part of it and why I will hundred percent be back was the door to door wheel to wheel instances where you're going over a turn and I've been to this track before, right? But not like this, not when <laughs> I've been to this where you're, you're following other cars, you're going to get within a couple of car links. But I, I went over some of the elevation changes and hills where I could reach out and touch the guy's mirror. And we're shooting over that hill at 90 to hundred miles an hour. And that was, that was amazing. Like I, it blew me away <laughs> and, and why I'm still on, you know, a natural high here. a week. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, you said it as you've said, it's there is with 24 hours of lemons, it's, there's a little bit of comedy or humor involved. Uh, but it's at the end of the day, it's racing, it's competition, it's, it's grassroots, but it's, it's grassroots competitive road racing at the it, end of the day. Uh, absolutely. I mean, I really felt like, you know, for, I think you just recently saw Ford versus Ferrari, right? <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> very recently. Yes. Okay. Finally. So- yeah, so the scenes early on, or you know, Ken Miles, right? It goes his name. You know, he's racing there at Willow Springs, which is a California track, also in this like little tiny car, right? <laughs> like open top, but he's just wheel to wheel with these guys, just you know, banging doors. I mean, like that's quintessential road racing, and that's what this felt like, right? Because even the car, like our car, handled it. It it totally blew my mind because I didn't know what to expect, right? It looks like just a heap, but it actually was very neutral, very, um, it cornered very well and massive lateral grip too. So there's some very long corners, right? Where there's one, we, we kind of called it the NASCAR turn, right? Cause it's semi banked and it's very long. So I would pass cars there all day long because the car had so much lateral grip. But by looking at the car, I'm like, I couldn't tell if it was going to handle like that. Uh, but still very rough, right? It's, it's bouncy, it's bumpy, it's hot. Uh, our power steering basically went out on Sunday. Uh, so that was another challenge. <laughs> and uh, But we kept rolling with it. And then I think I'd mentioned to you in the lead up to this, our strategy was literally like word for, for word what Bruce preaches to the team. You, you keep the car out of the pits, you stay out of trouble, and you keep turning laps and that's what wins an endurance race. So we, we started, I think, uh, 65th overall and we ended 15th overall and third in class. And we beat a ton of faster cars because they were getting, uh, black flags and they were getting, you know, uh, 
penalties, and they also had slow uh, pit stops. So that was the other thing. I got this whole, and you experienced that right now, Tyler, doing the pit stop, I think, for a champ, champ car. Um, you know, so there was just three of us, and we were the pit stop. But we did it better because these guys, they're just such veterans and had it sorted out. And so literally there's two guys pulling me out of the car. Um, you know, so they just had every little thing done. And so our average pit stop was only about five minutes where some guys were having 10 and 15 minute. Some guys even had 20 minute pit stops. And so we just kept turning laps and we beat a lot of faster cars because of doing the little things right. And that was just so cool to see. And the last thing I'll say on that, we, we also, we had comms in the car, just like how we have Discord. And so we actually had really good comm systems and that, that was, it was so awesome, right? So we, we wired up my helmet ahead of time and, and it's not as much chatter as we have, I think in iRacing, right? Because a lot of times our stints were an hour and a half to hour and 40 minutes. And a lot of times other guys, they're just kind of hanging out because it's such a long race. So they're not watching every lap you turn, um, but then they get busy toward the pit stop. Uh, but it was really cool to be, you know, when there was, there was full, car, full course cautions, et cetera. And then we'd be on the radio kind of strategizing. And it was just, it was just, it was awesome. Like I cannot recommend it enough. Uh, I will, and I'm going to do it again. And I would, uh, my goal for a year or two is to join you as a driver in one of these. That would be amazing. Team yes. ITA. <laughs> oh, it, it's going to happen. Like I, so I it's may actually, to. no, this Camaro may actually like, we'll, we'll throw some ITA graphics on it and we'll just go racing. Oh. It was, it was so much fun, but it, it's old school, you know, nitty gritty racing and everything. But I do, you know, uh, uh it, it's going to happen. There's going to be an ITA car. Rob, can we get you down from Canada to drive? Yeah, or if, if not drive, then I'll be your total wolf, and I'll just be in your ear telling me when to box <laughs> and when to let other people buy. <laughs> box this time. Box, box this time. time. <laughs> yeah. So, so is this an actual? Is it a full twenty-four hours? No. So it's um, there. I think they've done. Maybe they've done a few that were like that, but it is like. It's very, that's pretty brutal to do at 24 hours. Um, I was going to say, it, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of in name only. So um, Saturday is an eight-hour race. So we went from 10 to 6. And then Sunday, we went from 9 to 3.30. And, and that was the other cool thing where I, I cannot give my teammates enough credit. We were one of the only cars that never had a mechanical like after Saturday evening, we did, you know, pull the tires off the car, literally put the, they were the same size tires. So we put the backs on the front. Um, we fixed, uh, there was like a header bolt that fell off. We found one, we were able to fix that. Um, there were some little minor things we fixed on the car, but some guys are wrenching on their car till 2 a.m. in the morning. So you do need to bring um, earplugs if you come and stay out there because <laughs> there's guys trying to fix their car. But I was blown away that the car would last, I think, what is that? My math is bad. But I think it's 15 and a half hours. That a car from 1985, right? It's, it's stock stuff, but that's what. That's also what's good, right? You, you don't do too much to it, and the car stays together. And uh, it was just, that was really neat that the car stayed together, and we just kept turning laps. And all, so I know we're, we're probably short on time, but I'll, I'll say one last story as part of it. So we had... So I also got to 
again, my teammates were amazing. So they wanted me to run the last stint also to like, cause they said the checkered flag ceremony is really cool. Like you just got to do it, Jason. And I was, I was beat. I'm telling you, I didn't need to go back in that car. It was very hot. I was tired. Like I'm not, I don't know, not in as good a shape as I was, you know, pre 40 years old. And I'm like, I don't have to finish you guys. But they're like, no, you need to do it's fun. It's a lot of fun. The checkered flags fun. And so we had a team that was behind us and they had a faster car. And so I did everything I could to keep traffic in between me and him. And so that goes back to the iRacing thing, right? Cause it, we do that all the time, right? We may not be, you know, you've driven with me, Tyler. I'm, I'm not the fastest guy. I'm, I turn consistent laps. I like to think, but if you can keep traffic between you and your rival, you've got a chance, right? <laughs> so the second day I'm putting as much traffic as I can between me and this guy, but with about 15 minutes left, it's uh, this is like some like Mercedes with a V8 in it. Like they, again, this is a real race car, right? He's in our class, but this is not a joke, not a silly car at all. This is like a Mercedes with like, you know, an LS1 Corvette motor in it, right? So it's, they're going really fast. But we had done better up until 15 minutes into the race. It, you know, at the end, we had done better. We had done better pit stops. We've been smoother. We had no penalties. But this guy is too fast. And, and there's no sense in me. There were still 15, 20 minutes left. I can't block him for 20 minutes, right? <laughs> you know, so, um, but so he got by us. He ended up getting second. We got third. Uh, but so the result was was amazing. And I did, I did actually get to punt one car and I didn't, oh, no. get, I didn't get black flag for it, thankfully. Oh, uh, yeah, so I did, there was this guy who was kind of lost. He, he had a black flag and this was what's This was all eye opening for me too, was the flag system, right? Cause in, it's very like cut and dry and eye racing in real life. It's not. So do I have like three or four more minutes, Tyler, or no? I get absolutely okay. So this was the other really cool thing to to have learned was uh, so obviously I know what a, I know what a yellow flag means. I know what a white flag means, right? But there's like ten flags on these types of races, right? So there's so there's there's tow trucks on the course, but you can pass the tow truck as he's as he's passing somebody, or I mean as he's um, towing a car out, but you can't pass a car right next to him. Right, but you can still rate. You can go as fast as you want around him. You're just supposed to like signal. But uh, one of the really interesting thing was, and it would be interesting if uh, iRacing would institute this. I think they already have it more in NASCAR, right? Like NASCAR, you guys have that that full course caution, and then people built in catch, full course, yeah, yeah. So people catch up. So same thing here too, right? Like we had several for, full course just because it was you had. Uh, usually it was multiple cars were off, right? So either they're broke or they're just off in the dirt and they couldn't even get themselves out. And um, so then they're trying to extricate the cars. So full course can't pass anybody, but you also had the station to station yellow, which is super interesting because you, you're basically racing and then there's that yellow. You got to slow down a tiny bit. You can't pass anybody. But then as soon as you go to the next station, I'm racing again. And then that might happen for four or five laps where you're racing, racing, racing and passing people. And then like, okay, I can't pass anybody from this turn to that turn. 
but then you're still, there's a lot of uh, strategic equations that are going through your mind, right? Where I still want to be right up on this guy's ass as, mm-hmm. as I get to the next corner, right? Because then I'm going to try to pass him again. So it was that, that part was very interesting to just learn how you don't really, you know, you're not slowing down. You're looking and then you're always trying to wave at the turn workers, you're trying to make sure like the, the safety guys see you, right? That gets you in their good graces. Uh, but you're still racing. You're still in the middle of the race. They didn't call the race. It's not red flag. It's not stopped. Um, <laughs> so it's just like, it, like uh, what is that? Wayne's World, right? Came on. <laughs> right? That's kind of how. Yeah. So like for one corner, game off for one corner. And then like, okay, shit. We're like, we're, we're just flooring it again <laughs> around that corner until we come back around the track. So anyway, that's my lemons story in a nutshell. <laughs> Obviously, you guys can can tell my excitement by yes. it. Was, it was amazing, and I would do it again tomorrow. Uh, and there will there will be an ITA car, and we will. And then you're gonna oh, yeah. start. Then you guys are gonna have to start dating YouTube, so you can do all the visual goodness. Oh, that's coming. You just yes. uh, you just caused you just teased something that is actually coming to the end of the Apex world. Everybody, a visual a video element. Uh, look look out for it in the coming month. Um, but yeah, this is uh, obviously it sounds like an addictive thing that that we've all been known of. I think a lot of people, if you haven't heard of, the, of this type of series, it's similar to Champ Car, it's got some humor to it. But uh, I think it's something that's practical. It's still not super cheap, like you said, uh, but it's a practical thing for some people with resources to pull together and get that type of experience in, in real life of, of driving and, and racing and being competitive and suiting up. And uh, I told my story of the champ car at Mid-Ohio, and uh, I think you I, – I, so I kind of understand where you're coming from other than I didn't get to drive, and I can only imagine that uh, I would still be on cloud nine had I driven at Mid-Ohio. Yeah, you're, <laughs> so, <laughs> you're ready. You're ready. That's, that's the next – I'm trained. I'm trained. Ready. I'm ready. Yeah. And I would do, uh, again, we had a B-class car, which is cool because we're a little bit faster, but there was a lot of, even if you just got out there to get out there, (laughs) you're going to get past a lot, right? But there was still, all the C-cars are racing against each other, you know, and and just to be out there on the track is is just awesome. Yeah, sign me up for a C-car. Whatever you put me in it, I'll drive it. I'll do the best I can. (laughs) <laughs> uh, we, we want to go fast right right Rob? yeah let's go fast yeah yeah Rob, go Rob's fast. not gonna come down from canada for a c-car so no oh, I'll, i would true. for anything anything <laughs> rob would come ride a bicycle around middle yeah if you guys want to like ride like yeah you're like a, like a geo series <laughs> a, <geo. laughs> a pinto yeah pinto so, doesn't matter chevettes whatever yeah <laughs> I, I did have a funny moment Friday night. So, and this is w- what was cool too, right? Cause the, the track walk is very, that's like very tradition in motorsports, right? I mean, they still do an F1, you know, Lewis Hamilton rides this little scooter around the track, but um, so we walked the track, me and this other, you know, very veteran driver. <laughs> and so we have beers in our hand, but then there's these younger guys <laughs> There's younger guys and they're they were running the track and I was like, oh man, I'm like, what? but we had a much better time that they they you know they're running and sweating and we were enjoying a beer around the track and I think we beat those guys at the end of the day anyway. So. <laughs> there we go. 
Uh, well, that's Jason Bivens joining us. And uh, what a segment to, to hear about this experience. Um, Jason, the president of Great Hire HR, a great partner of Into the Apex and Mad Sim Racing. But Jason, first and foremost, you're a great teammate. Uh, so glad we could have you on the show uh, this evening. Uh, stop it. Stop it. Love you guys. <laughs> we'll see you at Daytona, sir. Yes, sir. That's going to be wild, man. There, there's going to be some <laughs> podcasting. That, there's going to be a NS. Yes. What do they call it? NSFW? Not safe, yep, not oh, safe yeah. for work. It yeah. will not be safe for work. That'll be <laughs> safe for work, your children. <laughs> we, we, <laughs> yes, Rob. Uh, we, may, uh, <laughs> we may have an XL episode that's labeled that's explicit uh, and just let it all out on that episode. Uh, yes. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Very good. With this has been we into to, the uh, <laughs> We need to do that, like that that scene from a uh, you know Days of Thunder where they're racing the crappy, uh, rental cars on the. Sh- I think that was Daytona or Talladega or something, right? Or that they're racing the on money on the sand. We are now. We are going to do go kart racing. There is an indoor go kart circuit next to the speedway, so prepare yourselves. Let's do it. <laughs> Well, this has been an episode of Into the Apex uh, for the books. We'll catch you guys next week. We've got a massive two weeks ahead of us. We'll be at Virginia International Raceway next week for IMSA. We'll be at Indianapolis Motor Speedway the week after uh, for the eight hours of Indianapolis. We're going to kick off the fall road schedule before we take a break through the end of November and December. And then we'll be at the Daytona 24. This has been Into the Apex. You've been listening to Into the Apex. Apex. Presented by Mad Sim Racing. Follow and join the team at madsimracing.com.